If you are someone who wants to do a startup or already has one, this episode is for you. This conversation is a very natural and a very honest one with Rehan, who is the CEO of Bottle, founder of Four Daily Wages, and has also just started a t-shirt brand called Purple Peanut. I'll be attaching all the links of their social media in the description box. Please check it out. For daily updates, please follow me on my Instagram at the rate Manikamra podcast. You can also write to me on info at the rate Manikamra dot com. Thank you. Is that the only purpose of starting Purple Peanut? You know, just to fund your startup. Or is there any other uh, reason behind that? You know, there is uh, no other reason behind that as such. I mean, right. uh, I'll tell you where the idea or where we got encouraged to start a T-shirt company came from. Okay. So, uh, my sister is into uh, selling clothes. Like she, she runs her own uh, clothing line. It's an Indo-Western line called Curious okay. uh, by Gina Gupta. Okay. And uh, at the turn of 2021, I started helping her with her marketing. Right. And uh, it it just took off, um, and uh, things started selling easier than I had expected them to. Mm-hmm. So I took encouragement from that, and I felt that okay, like you know, if we've got some form of proficiency in terms of uh, putting ads and and you know writing copy and stuff like that, if that is something that is coming to us naturally, and if we can do that well. Um, okay. And then it's best that you know we sort of uh, start our own sort of t-shirt company of sorts to get um, some income running, so that right. we can like uh, the cash flow, right? Fund for bottle. Yeah. So um, I mean, you know, that's that was very encouraging for me to sort of observe when I was running ads for my sister, and then from there, of course, I mean, uh, the idea was just to raise money for bottle, but inspiration came or encouragement sort of came from there. Do you have a separate team that also handles uh, purple? No, or no, is it's it just the, same uh, team? So the co-founders on Purple Peanut. It's just the co-founders who are working. Hmm. Uh, who's your co-founder? So I have uh, three others. Okay. Um, and uh, one's Jasil, of course. Um, I'm okay. sure you know Jasil. He was yes, yes, LPP. I do. I do. Um, I second Manipal after me. Right. Um, so he he's managing design both okay. at Bottle as well as uh, you know for Purple Peanut, and okay. uh, we have Zed. Uh, Zed was also on my EB in IT, okay. and uh, he's head of product, so he's okay. on the product management, and he also manages the engineering team. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have uh, Nevidya, uh, okay. who's more on the side of sales, legal, and and finance. Like he oversees those things. Right. Then, how uh, is the me. okay? How is the decision making with uh, all these co-founders? So I mean, um, we're, we're, we've been friends uh, since okay. college. Um, so in terms of that, I mean, I think we get along really well and uh, we're sort of aligned in, 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 in a lot of places. Uh, but we, I mean, allow people within their functions to take their own calls about whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people from their functions themselves, they feel like they want to have a discussion with everybody, okay. uh, then we all get on a call and then we just brainstorm and then uh, again, allow that person from whatever perspective we've added, uh, to the discussion to take a call for, uh, for their function. But if it's something that is more, uh, you know, sort of something that 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 kind of affects the entire team or the entire mm. startup, or if there is a strategic change, then yeah. of course, I mean, uh, to a large extent, the decision in making is influenced by me. I would say, okay. but uh, again, it's of course discussed with the other three uh, before we take a final call or we we you know we decide to make any sort of change in direction. Okay, but like you have a veto power or something. I'm sorry if it's true. No, I no, just want no to know such... how is that dynamic. <laughs> no, no, there's no such veto power at all. Uh, okay. We we all have. I just say that I I, I would uh, pursue something more passionately compared to the others if it was something that was uh, mm-hmm. you know in the entire startup. But um, I like like I said. I mean, since all of us get along, there's never been a situation where uh, we've come to a major disagreement or okay. anything of that sort. So. I mean, touch wood. Fortunately for us, that's not happened ever. 
um i mean we've had passionate uh, discussions i would say here and there okay. uh, especially when you're discussing features and feature mm. ideas um and you know there are when there are multiple interesting ideas that are tabled of course uh, you know people uh, they tend to get a little passionate about why their ideas better but um it's it's never really you know let's say extended beyond the the call that we we are having to make a decision so the decision is made on the call and everyone has always been okay with it i mean it i think that that's that's a great advantage that you have when you work with people that you know okay um, because they understand you and since everyone's like uh, sort of aligned to the vision especially then mm-hmm. it becomes a little difficult um, i mean a little easier to get everyone on the same page about things hmm you know this something i really value and i like something that i value is uh, conflict or uh, f- even arguments because i believe when you argue when 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 a team argues in a healthy manner there are a lot of ideas that actually come out of it and sometimes some this is something i have seen personally it also eventually uh, you know improves your dynamic within the team so is this something that you value or is this something that you you know consciously put effort in to create such kind of conversations where people of different ideas discuss and you know see how they eventually come to a decision or something right i mean uh, i i wouldn't necessarily um, call it conflict as such but um, i i am of the same school of thought i feel that uh, discussion and deliberation on anything uh, kind of brings out a refined solution to, right. to you know the right. problem that you're trying to solve because there'll be multiple uh, sort of ideas that will be tabled first of all and then through discussion you will firstly pick the 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 right idea that you want to work on and then from there also uh, further deliberation will allow you to refine that so i feel that that's something that's super important and uh, something that we've tried to inculcate uh, not just in the in the founding team but something that we want to do for our entire uh sort of you know entire team as a whole like we want to create complete transparency and um have a very flat hierarchy to right. involve everyone in in all sorts of discussions that we can uh in especially you know on the product side of things because like you said i mean uh, you know diversity of opinion and in people sort of brings out better innovation uh, that's what right. you know i i strongly believe in and which is why bringing all these people who are uh you know in different functions and come from different places were a completely remote team as well um so come from different places i feel like you know they have a different perspective to add everybody and then through that it's essentially like uh, we want to harness everybody's collective wisdom before we decide Absolutely. on what to do uh, rather than you know uh, telling them what to do so even when it comes to customer interviews and stuff like that uh, where we essentially try to gauge the the needs of our potential customer uh, we 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 involve our our developers and our designers as well in those calls so that they can first hand understand from the customer itself what are the challenges that they're facing so mm-hmm. that when we have a brainstorm about you know how we can find a solution or a or a new feature uh, to solve their problem um, they are also sort of involved completely and they understand you know where our school of thought is coming from and where the customer is coming from so to sort of help them also develop that empathy with the with the customer right uh, rehan what's the problem that bottle is face uh, not facing or solving right now um i feel that uh, you know we're, we're trying to sort of empower managers who are both responsible for work management and people management okay uh, to a large extent i feel that these uh, are seen as different buckets and are managed by a lot of times managed by different people in companies but i feel the future is where um you know one manager will be responsible for making sure that you know a team is collaborating and and is being engaged Um, okay. to make sure that the tasks and the work is being done at the same time also make sure that these people are motivated um you know to to make sure that the sentiment is good of the team um, they feel appreciated and they have the right kind of feedback for the work that they're doing okay so i feel uh, you know we are bringing uh, all these three under the same tool mm-hmm. uh, allowing let's say one manager or an entrepreneur or anyone who 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 has you know the liberty to do both these roles of of work management as well as people management a uh, one solution to to figure these things out because at this moment people are using one tool for communication they're using a different tool to manage their tasks um you know they're using a different tool to to manage performance and sentiment of their team um which essentially leads to one or the other being ignored uh, somewhere or the other and uh, kind of does not bring that sort of coherence that is required because i i feel like all these three are important aspects of team leadership as well as management 
so the idea is to bring all of them together to create like a very coherent experience for a, a for an entire team so i think that's that's what we are solving for and working towards right absolutely absolutely rehan and thank you so much for answering uh, rehan i want to ask how did the idea of bottle start and you know how did you make sure that this is the problem that really exists because i've seen a lot of people like if i want to start a startup there may be a situation where i think that this is a problem may be a problem to me but may not cater to uh, you know the mask that for which i am planning to start a startup right so you you get my question so how did you make sure yeah. that whatever problem you are trying to solve through bottle how did you make sure that that problem is really a problem and whatever you are offering that will for sure solve that problem right i mean honestly like um, we started in a in a very naive position i i'd say that you know when we started we did not know enough uh, but i feel that uh, to a certain extent that also uh, helps you sort of you know take that leap of faith because when you know a lot you tend to over rationalize and you end up uh, you know uh, when you know the risks that are out there you tend to be a little more conservative with actually yes, going yes. for things. that's that's right? how evolution works so we i feel that that was negative. our case as well yeah everyone's yeah. case when you uh, start thinking about it you obviously see start seeing the all the cons of doing anything and then you know okay theek hai let's not do this correct so i think when we started we were a little naive and we could not understand um, you know the the cons or the negative side of things which kind of uh, worked in our favor and allowed us to take that leap of faith and start working towards something and then from there of course the idea evolved uh, it, we were thinking of something else altogether when we started i mean on the same line trying to solve okay. the same problem but we were approaching it from a very different different angle uh, but what of course like helped us and and uh, what is something that you know everyone should do um as well is i mean people hesitate to share their idea with others they have this thought that you know it might get stolen uh, oh, but uh, yes. what is really important for for people to do is um, you know to discuss their idea with as many people as they can especially people that they feel fall under their uh, you know target audience okay. uh, because before you start working on your idea i think it's super important for you to get get it validated because uh, essentially what otherwise happens is that uh, if you start working on something you build something out and you haven't spoken to anyone about it you've not really validated whether the, the the assumptions that you have or the hypothesis that you have about the problems that you know your target audience is is facing if that's not validated and you build something out and then you put it out there mm-hmm. um, it might get rejected and then in that scenario what happens is that you put in a lot of resources you put in a lot of time to build something right. that nobody really wants or to solve a problem that nobody is uh, maybe the problem exists but they're not too bothered by it so i feel uh, you know once we started off uh, which we shouldn't have probably like we started off with we we went all guns blazing and we sort of started the development process but okay. uh, what we realized that you know through somewhere down the line we realized that it was super important to talk to people and to put our idea out there with them and to discuss it with them and basically build the build the idea further or evolve the idea with the people who it's meant for um, and that kind of helped us evolve the idea in itself and it turned into what it is today but okay. i'd like to believe that we're still in in the discovery process uh, we've not nailed the solution yet um, i feel that that will only come once we start testing uh, okay. we actually give it to 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 the end users and get their feedback from there as well and there'll be a lot of changing that will happen from there as well but we've taken a lean approach to make sure that we're not uh, you know uh, wasting a lot of resources um, and we're not wasting a lot of time and which is why you know we've still sort of been uh, part time in terms of uh, a lot of like everyone in our team um, is not full time so we've not oh, completely okay. committed to this uh, until we're sure that we've found the right solution so it's something that you know we're kind of progressing towards every day that's that's what the endeavor is at this moment ehan a lot of questions do come to my mind when you answered this uh, the first question is so you told that you know when you started you were very naive right and then uh, you know there were a lot of things that you discovered in the process and then you have come a long way so for a person who just has to start a startup do you think that person should go through the whole process like from let's say if you were at zero do you think a person should start from zero or you know so the things that you have discovered should that person start from the part where they already know okay this did not work for rehan probably will not work for me 
So I'll start from uh, where Rehan is right now. What do you think? Like, do you think a person should trust the process and start from the beginning? Is it different for everyone? Or should they, you know, learn from other founders, co-founders uh, about what did not work for them? And then, you know, start from wherever they thought, okay, this is, this is the direction that I want to go. I mean, in a, in an ideal scenario, of course, you don't want anyone to start from scratch and mm. make mistakes and ideally like, you know, probably take off right from the word go. That'd be ideal. That'd be really nice. Right. Um, and it does happen, you know, every once in a while with, with some great idea, which takes off from, you know, uh, what it was in its, in its ideation phase and then it becomes something big right from there. But more okay. often than not, I think the ideas change. They evolve. I mean, even, even if you take an example of a company like Slack, um, who, you know, is, is in the same sort of uh, industry as we are. Uh, they started, I mean, as a founding team, they set out to build a game. And uh, while they were trying to figure out, you know, what game to build, they failed and they were not able to come out, come out with something convincing. But okay. they'll build this internal communication channel for themselves, okay. which ended up becoming Slack, yes. right? So I feel that, uh, I mean, there is, no, there is no right starting point because, I mean, you don't know the challenges that you're going to face. It's kind of like how we used to say in ISEC as well, right? I mean, um, uh, every team is going to face different challenges. Every Absolutely. year is going to be different. It's the same here as well. I mean, you know, you can, of course, learn from different people's experiences. But a, a large part of problem solving is that the problem is different. The solution is, of course, going to be different. So the path to that solution is also going to be different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, so you kind of have to trust the process. And in general, personal development also, I mean, there's only so much theoretical knowledge that you can take, but a large part of problem solving is uh, about softer aspect of things, which you learn with experience. You know, you need to be a great listener. You need to be able to uh, sort of detach your biases when you're trying to understand other people's problems and things like that. These are not things that you, I mean, of course you can read about it and you can start consciously working towards it. But it's something that kind of, you know, comes only with experience, only with, uh, with you giving yourself time um, and, and doing it constantly. So I feel that uh, while it would be great for everyone to have all the knowledge that is out there before they begin, but uh, everyone will go through their own process. You have to trust it at the end of the day. Like it will be different and it will be, it will be unique to a large extent. Something that you said, Rihan, uh, about you know, acknowledge, acknowledging your biases and identifying them, did you, when you started, did you know, or, you know, did you figure out that I have a few biases and I should make sure that I don't involve them into my decision-making or, uh, me being a leader. So did you first identify them? And second, did you make also make sure that you also don't put all these biases into the product or into the features or, you know, in the way you lead a team or in the way you hire people or in the way you, uh, you know, get your co-founders. So how, how did that work for you? Right. I feel like, uh, you know, one major sort of thing that I started recognizing about myself, uh, again, through when we were doing a lot of customer interviews, which is, you know, talking to potential customers, okay. I kind of realized that I was a little defensive about the idea. Oh. And at the same time, uh, was this your, like, the, your, your, your idea or was it like a cumulative idea? How was it? It was a collective brainstorm, I would say. Um, I mean, it's a long story in itself, okay. um, but uh, it was not my idea, uh, personally, but you were emotionally um, but in general, invested I mean, in it. No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't say that em- it, it was emotional investment okay. because I mean, usually uh, very honestly, like people are nice in right. customer interviews, which is right. not a good thing. Like I would yes. rather want them to be very brutal and honest yeah, because honest that's feedback. what would help us, you Absolutely. know, you know, to take something back and, 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 and work on it. Uh, but in general, what I would see is that in these customer interviews where I should be actively listening to a certain extent, I would still be wearing a salesman's hat oh. where I would feel like, you know, it's my responsibility to make sure that by the end of this call, because I may not be interacting with these people again, they have a favorable opinion of, you know, what we're trying to build yes. so that they may use it in the future. Uh, okay. And in that process, I feel that, you know, sometimes I may be putting some thoughts in their head or trying to get answers out of them, which mm. would validate my own assumptions yes. and hypothesis of the product, not just you mine personally, but our team. And I feel that that's not something that, you know, someone should do. Yes. And uh, ideally, like, you know, you should, you should uh, just throw questions at them and absolutely leave them to answer it themselves. 
and uh, then from there just quietly like you know note take notes of whatever they're saying and then post the interview or post the call understand you know what you can take back from the call and try to implement that so i think that was uh, you know i was already aware that i'm not supposed to do this but uh, for me to consciously bring that un- into control i had to do it do this do these interviews a bunch of times to realize that i was doing something wrong and okay. of course like i had you know a, a co-founder or a, a fellow teammate on every call with me with whom i would sort of you know understand how it went and how things were going and how you know what we could do differently and things like that so that kind of helps you sort of learn and grow uh, when it comes to these things but i feel yeah i mean active listening and and keeping your biases away is super important i mean great observation skills as well is, is, okay. is you know underrated skills for for any startup founder especially is, is the observation skills building your startup yeah Hmm. I believe you know a better skill for this would be being very mindful of everything. Uh, if you're talking to your customers, then make sure you're mindful of the conversation. You're mindful of what they're saying, and then, uh, do, uh, like random question: Do you document your journey, your startup journey? Any I'm means? not really. I mean, no, no. I honestly don't. I I don't. I don't maintain a journey. Okay. Um, but I do want to. I mean, we've been considering uh, the whole concept of building in public, where okay. uh, you know we've been thinking about uh, consistently writing on social media about things that we're trying and things that we're doing, mm. um, and uh, sort of trying to you know put our experiences into blogs as well, so that they can be helpful for people. At the same time, we feel that uh, entrepreneurs and people and managers are our target audience. Okay. Um, so you know if they sort of become subscribers or readers of 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 you know the content that we're putting out there mm-hmm. uh, that will be beneficial in in both senses for them on a personal level because they'll find right. something useful and for us as well because we'll be interacting with people that we essentially want to sell our product to eventually so uh, you know that's something that we've been considering but uh, in general not really like i i honestly it is sort of documented in the sense that the work that we do we we've been you know managing our tasks virtually Okay. so everything that we've put down and how we are going about it is is by default documented because of that but if if you say how, if i'm documenting my emotional journey mm-hmm. uh, of you know things that i i am going through and how i'm how i'm feeling about certain things uh, then not not so much i i haven't i haven't consciously done that right rehan so when you were uh, when you were telling me the story of uh, slack of you know how they how they were developing a game and then slack happened and then they just took off what if the purple peanut takes off what would you leave bottle and pursue purple peanut or like just a hypothetical question but what would your thoughts be and what what do you think you as a person would do um very honestly like i i i i feel like purple peanut is an idea that has a ceiling okay um and it's a ceiling that will catch up very soon soon rather than later i mean mm. you know there are it's a red ocean it's a huge competition when it comes to um, you know fashion apparel and there's only so much that you can do after a point true our mm. ambition with bottle of course is 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 much much bigger and uh, honestly if bottle does not yeah if bottle does not uh, kick off uh, then i mean i may continue purple peanut um because if if it's doing well then why not if it's a good source of income might sort of delegate it to somebody else to to help me with it um but then i would probably you know want to focus more on uh, taking up a job building my network for the or even you know pursuing masters and stuff like that rather than okay. um, you know building purple peanut as as the primary because that's not something that i feel very passionate about i'll be very honest i mean it's okay. it's not my passion to sell clothes um so it's not something that you know i i i feel like i would be happy doing for the rest of my life so that's i think that's where we are with it Right, Rehan. So I was reading a book by, uh, like, there's a book, alum, like it's an alumnac only alumnac of Naval Ravikant, and he was talking about budgets and how, uh, budgets kind of restrict us in in the way, like it limits us. We live in scarcity when we create a budget, and both of us come from a like we kind of have a finance background in ISEC. So I want to ask, what's your thought, and do you have like have a proper documented budget in your startup or? how does it work like the financial financial aspect of the organization right i mean uh, to to be very honest at this moment uh, we don't have a formal budget because we we've not been able to estimate our costs okay um, so we can only get to our costs once we've launched the product and uh, 
I mean, a lot of our costs are variables in terms of how users use the product. So, oh, how yes. much server load is coming, uh, you know, how many API calls are being made, etc. Uh, and that will help us sort of understand what our costs are going to be for us to be able to, you know, then based on how we want to scale, build a budget for it. Um, we've been working with uh, about eight odd interns for whom, you know, we've been we've been giving them a small sort of stipend, um, and that doesn't require too much budgeting at this moment. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, we, we are at that cusp where we're thinking about putting some some money in, um, okay. personal money. Um, and uh, once we get to that stage, is where I feel like we will have a very let's say strong budget as to what we want to do with it. But I mean, honestly, I I feel that, uh, and I think uh, you know one of our friends, uh, Pratibha, was recently talking okay. about this. Uh, you know, in terms of creativity, where she said that there's a myth about creativity that restraints uh, limit creativity or constraints sort of sort of limit creativity. But in in actuality, they 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 it it, it helps you overcome sort of you know a a, a sort of like a like a blank paper syndrome of sorts. I mean, the strains mm. and constraints they kind of uh they 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 challenge you and they inspire you to do something with the 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 limited availability of resources or right. uh, or of 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 you know ideas. So I feel that it's it's a good challenge that kind of because of which a lot of new innovations that nobody would have otherwise thought of come out. because when you have uh, you know when you have a lot of money and you don't have any constraints you tend to do the obvious okay um, you know you will go for whatever is available out there because you don't have any constraints and you'll take up things from other people's experiences because you know those those will those work but when you have constraints you tend to think out of the box you try to find a way around those constraints which end up you know creating something new um they end up creating something that is more innovative or or a new sort of solution to the same problem so i feel that they kind of uh, ex- accelerate the creativity process to a large extent you know your answer uh, so i was recording a like i was shooting a podcast last week uh, last weekend in dehradun and then there was something uh, so uh, her name is sarika panchi she is the ceo of a company called word of mouth media it's a totally bootstrapped uh, organization and she had a like very good corporate job very high up in the ladder and then she quit that she switched to this job uh, this this uh, being the ceo and the co-founder of the company and then i was talking to her about abundance but then also there's a school of thought of uh, less is more so when you were uh, like you know your answer actually reminds me how less can be more because it's obviously the blank paper syndrome and what pratibha said that you know all these constraints they actually challenges and yes we try to find a way around and you know actually like if we are looking for something and if we don't don't have the typical resources of for them then we obviously you know try to find another solution or try to do something uh in some other way and uh, you know like what what we indians call as jugad that right. but i yeah. think god is also you know you thinking like your creativity uh, actually like you know boiling down to a like something some solution right, right. Uh, so but something that i also want to talk about are the bootstrapped uh, startups what are the challenges that you face because you are a bootstrap or is there any challenge that you face because you are a bootstrapped startup i i am assuming uh, you are a feel- bootstrapped startup Yeah, yeah, we we are a bootstrap startup, and honestly, uh, the challenge at this stage, I I I wouldn't be able to put point my finger at it. I mean, of course, uh, you know, when you have abundance of resource, um, you tend to be faster in terms of your uh, you know, solution finding process because you can throw your money money around and you can experiment faster. Um, you can get uh, you know, greater talent on 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 board, and you can you can basically be faster and fail faster. Even okay. if you do not succeed faster, and then mm-hmm. move on to something else, uh, you can fall and get up, get up quicker. Correct, and you have greater opportunity to fall as well. When okay. when when you have, because you fall on a bigger platform. Uh, yeah, um, and I mean, I, I you I don't know if you fall on a bigger platform, but you have let's say the capacity to fall and get up again, uh, right. and fail multiple times. Mm-hmm. um with bootstrap startups the challenge of course is that you are a little more careful in terms of where you're putting your resources because you don't have the abundance of resources right. so you 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 know you're you're a little more 
uh, skeptical about uh, before investing in something before trying something um, you know absolutely new uh, and things like that which which can be a sort of a hindrance because uh, it, the startup sphere is such where speed is sometimes very important Okay. so i think that's 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 the challenge that kind of comes with with bootstrap startups where you don't have the freedom to move really really fast um and uh, of course like you can't pay your people really well um they but i i think the on the contrary like because of that you end up finding people who genuinely buy into the idea who buy yes. into the vision and uh, are connected to the purpose of what you're trying to do uh, because when you have a lot of money to throw around people may join for those reasons right but uh, when you are bootstrap i feel I think being bootstrapped is sort of like I I consider it an absolute advantage, especially in your discovery phase, uh, okay. when you are not just discovering your product and validating your idea, but also building your team. I feel in this phase is when you you know come across the right people who are like I said joining for the right reason, and then with them when once you continue growing, uh, once you create a solid foundation for yourself, I think uh, once you're ready to grow, like when you when you figured and you've probably found your wings, but now you want to take flight. is when you should probably go for for venture capital and then just go all guns blazing out there uh, but until then i feel like you know being bootstrapped allows you to to uh, focus more on the customer side um, be more uh, you know listen better um, because you 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 want to make sure that everything that you're building is correct from the from the like you know from 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 inception itself so you listen better you want to build value for the customer uh, because you can't i mean um you can't throw a lot of money at your customer to acquire yes. them and things like that true so you genuinely have to build something that is valuable for them for them to use it so i think being bootstrap kind of creates these circumstances for you to focus on those things better where you tend to you know put the customer first and build something that they will genuinely and definitely use because you don't have other option any other option like you cannot you cannot acquire them by any other means So you know, uh, first of all, Rehan, thank you so much for answering that. I really like your idea, and I'll refer back to again the the uh, the podcast that I shot last weekend. So one thing that I was uh, speaking to Sarika Ma'am was about how the game of bootstrap startup is about delayed gratification, right? Uh, so because she was in a corporate job, and corporate job gives you a lot of gratification, and most importantly, it gives you a monthly paycheck. right and rehan then you right now you are running a startup you are into the game of delayed gratification how do you make sure that you are not tempted to you know switch to uh, like an immediate gratification job like a probably like a freelance or a proper payroll uh, job and how do you make sure that even there's there may not be a lot of revenue coming in uh like you know not a lot of immediate gratification from whatever like the number of customers or whatever you think whatever you aspire to do but still you think okay uh like you know how do you motivate first yourself and then how does your team motivate themselves or how do you motivate your team in these scenarios in these situations um very honestly like uh, i won't say that i'm completely immune to these things uh because i feel that you know somewhere down the line i do think about it where i look at my peers doing exceptionally well okay um you know taking up new jobs and 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 uh, doing really well working at startups or not their own necessarily but working at startups or uh you know going abroad and starting jobs there and 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 you know when they when, and i feel capable enough to do the same and earn some money so there is that so like you know i think in the early part of my journey that you, that was a thought that used to sort of you know bother me but i feel that uh, over time after talking to a lot of people um, i feel that you know there there sort of the excitement that i see in people's eyes as well for our idea and for our product kind of encourages me and makes me feel like we're headed in the right direction and it'll all be worth it eventually uh, but on a personal level i mean you are aware of course that uh, you know so far i've never really had that uh, proper paycheck job Yes. Right. I mean, I was working mm-hmm. for Isaac, and we were primarily volunteers there, right. more or less. Um, so, as as a human being, I mean, I I personally, at least, I've always been the kinds who are more, you know, attracted towards helping people and solving problems. Um, then, you know, the 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 sort of the I don't know the external or extrinsic motivation of 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 you know money and uh, anything else that comes along. um which is more of an external factor so i i am more motivated intrinsically towards problem solving and 
and working with people and i feel that in itself is my uh, constant gratification the fact that you know i i get to work with my people work on my idea um, you know i wake up extremely happy uh, and kind of like you know fulfilled with energy to to go about my day i feel that is sort of like instant gratification that comes along maybe it's just not extrinsic it's more intrinsic at this moment like it's coming from within which is why i i feel like you know i'm not too bothered uh, but mm-hmm. i mean the reality is that you know you do need money and i think that's where purple peanut sort of now fills in like a certain gap uh, right. but otherwise i feel that you know it's like i mean gratification does not necessarily only come from money or external sources right? absolutely there's a lot of like that there's a lot of internal gratification these kinds yeah. of numbers but rehan really like i really appreciate your answer very honest and i think it's a great situation to be in when you know everything that you that other people may seek outside you already have that inside you the the kind of motivation the inspiration that you need and i think that's a great way to navigate through your life and i'm sure this is who you are a, you are as a person of the startup as well like this is i'm sure this is how you navigate your through your personal life as well and again this is a great 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 situation to be in and this something uh, something that from your answer really resonated with me about how you focus at solving problems and you know how you also have a social inclination and one of the things that you started for daily wages is something that inspired me a lot like a lot and uh, i think i have spoken this about this to a lot of people and this is also one of the reasons you were in my list of you know so you know this the english podcast uh there are supposed to be 20 guests right and the 20 guests yeah. that i get on the podcast it's also my bet for like you know against the world that these are the 20 people who will make big in their life uh i'm also writing a book out of it like creating 20 chapters out of the 20 podcast and again because you are on this podcast my bet is for you like all, like uh, all of my stakes are in for you against everyone not everyone but you know who whoever does not support you that you are someone who will make really really big in their life and again if you can talk a bit about for daily wages and what is the purpose of that organization and you know what is it up to now i mean what you said of course i mean it means a lot and um, it it's again like i said like another source of validation uh, a, motiv- a mo- motivating sort of uh, where you know when you get appreciated like that or if someone you know uh, motivates you like that you it's gratification right there. yes not that you need um, any <laughs> you you made it very clear you don't need any but i still wanted to say that and um, you know at the same time i mean what i wanted to add to the last answer before we get to for daily wages i mean Um, not that i am some sort of saintly figure you also require uh, supportive parents for something like this and i feel that you know they've also added a lot of value in in that sense where they've given me the freedom to pursue my passion and uh, told me not to worry about anything else and i think that gives me that sort of confidence to then go about uh, things at my own pace uh, and sort of you know uh, go about trying to trying to do what we're trying to do here amazing But, it's a, it's a uh, privilege same same yeah. goes for me uh, i tell this to a lot of people that i am very privileged because i can follow my passion first thing and second all of this is because my parents they obviously told me that you know you don't need to worry about anything you just follow your passion do whatever you want to it is a huge privilege rehan to not be you know not think about how are you going to get food on your plate or if you are responsible to put food on someone else's plate a huge privilege absolutely and i feel that that is exactly where the idea for daily wages stemmed from um you know especially like when um, the lockdown was just announced mm-hmm. uh, you know th- you could literally see like the divide in society uh, you know difference across the societal spectrum about how people were dealing with the lockdown in itself right uh, you know on one end of the spectrum people like us uh, you know uh, people who i believe are are fairly privileged in life Uh, for them it was sort of like a welcome break yeah drinking uh, dalgona coffee was, yeah it was it was like a it was like a moment where life was paused and people you know apart from just pursuing these hobbies and things like that they got a genuine opportunity to rethink their lives to rethink the mm-hmm. the things that they wanted to do whether it was to think about a change in in, in job 
or if they were you know still in college and uh, genuinely think if they want to pursue what they're pursuing uh, to upskill themselves uh, for a future job or just pursue different hobbies like people started cooking uh, people were making coffee and yes. uh, you know i mean they were they were pursuing different things and keeping themselves occupied and um, it was really good to see you know that side of things was really good to see by the same time you know uh, you were hearing so much about the migrant crisis where people were doing the unimaginable they were trying to walk thousands of kilometers back to their back to their hometowns um, yes. uh, you know daily wages had lost their source of sustenance where there was no income coming in so for them because they anyway under normal circumstances as well work from meal to meal right mm-hmm. i mean their daily income essentially goes into putting food on their on their family's table mm-hmm. um, it's not like they're left with a lot to to save for you know certain for for these things uh, yeah, that they're saving so i feel that that's where the idea kind of stemmed from uh, where the idea was to at least through the lockdown period help these people with uh, their their immediate sustenance uh, to put some food on their tables uh, but the overall vision of course was that we wanted to i mean as 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 a bigger picture not just you know be something that is relevant uh, during the during the pandemic but something that you know helps these people uh, break this cycle of working from meal to meal and uh, so that where we can we can play that role of of putting food on their table and they can start focusing on uh, you know building a brighter future for their families whether that is by investing in uh, you know their their children's education or you know uh, investing in better healthcare uh, because a lot of times you know uh, when the earning member of of the family either becomes uh, ends up i mean sometimes they god forbid end up losing their lives or uh, you know they they end up getting uh, handicapped in some way or the other they they are not able to afford healthcare and these are real challenges that these people face because they don't have access to uh, clean water there are i mean there are i mean especially in india there are tons of problems that you can talk about that these people face because of a lack of uh, you know source of income so i felt like you know somewhere by at least providing them the basics that is food uh, we could you know help them sort of from their um, focus on building a better future for them for, the, for themselves and their families and uh, i mean at some point we did think of experimenting with other things as well where we didn't want to just limit ourselves to food uh, we thought of you know helping them get insurance and things like that but um, mm-hmm. i feel that uh, you know it's something that we probably need to stabilize when it comes to food itself and then right. probably expand to those things right. but uh, yeah i think that's that's what the thought process was behind for daily wages absolutely amazing initiative rehan i really appreciate uh you know your idea and every everyone who made sure that it is you know it 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 conceptualizes and uh it turned into a reality and i'm very happy to you know to be associated with a person like you uh rehan last part of the podcast i want to talk to you oh, I, I, about... actually before we before we get to that i mean i want to really appreciate you as well because Uh, you you were one of our donors especially in our in our that's early right. days that's right and 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 you know your donation of course helped uh, a family uh, in ways that we cannot think of because you know like like we were discussing earlier we are sort of privileged but you know for you to for, and you know the beauty of of our daily wages is that you're not expecting this it's not that the money comes into your account and then uh, you know it's it's like a stranger knocks at your door uh with a a a package of food mm. um it's just a beautiful right. feeling and you were you know one of those people who enabled that so i think um uh, and you're doing so great with these things i think uh, you deserve as much appreciation as everybody else for for you know for daily wages and for being a participant in our in our sort of organization lehan uh, i think lockdown was also for me it was a space where i could first acknowledge my privileges and then second obviously uh you know started taking more responsibility towards uh, the community and the reason i why i wanted to start this podcast was the kind of access that i have to the the kind of access to people to places the kind of uh, you know access to network i already have or i can have to you know the access to people like you i think not a lot of people can do that i come from a very small town of punjab uh as there for first 15 years of my life till my 10th standard and then i was privileged enough my parents uh you know invested money and sent me to a bigger city than i have been uh, in chandigarh for 
five years and I was in Nepal for almost a year. And then again, I'm back to Chandigarh now. It's a huge privilege and I believe every person should take their responsibility first, identify and then take their responsibility towards their community. It's not a way of giving back. Giving back means that society has given me something. The society has given me a lot of things, but it's not something that I'm giving in return. It's my already my responsibility to do that. Uh, since lockdown has you know been a catalyst for me to acknowledge all of these things and uh, make sure that how can I serve the community or I think service the not the right word, but how can I execute my responsibility? towards the community and I've been trying to do that uh, in any way possible. I've been volunteering with NGOs. Uh, I've been trying to financially help wherever I can. And then this podcast is also the the product of that. So that has been happening, but enough, enough, enough about me. Uh, Rehan, there's something that I want to talk is something that I think is not talked enough is clear communication and I believe your product also uh, solves this problem of clear communication uh, in the works in the in the workspace right so I want to ask what is at stake when a person in a company is not communicating clearly what's at stake everything to be very honest I mean uh, communication is part of literally everything that you do, right? I mean, right, right. from um, right from you building your idea to, to collaborating with your team, trying to get work done. Um, communication is the means of, of everything. It, it is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how to put it in any other way. So I feel like uh, poor communication leads to conflict. Uh, poor communication leads to, uh, you know, wrong execution of things. Um, and uh, everything in, in that sense can be that, I mean, you know, negatively detrimental to what you're trying to do. Um, and I mean, it, it leads to misunderstandings. It, 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 I mean, I just feel like it's a fundamental thing that people should be, should be able to do. Um, uh, it, it, communication is at, at the foundation of innovation as well. Um, if someone who, who has a, has a, you know, a great idea, but is not able to communicate that effectively. Uh, that idea will never see the light of the day. So I feel, you know, communication is at, at, at the bottom of everything that is happening in, in the world. Um, whether it is, um, you know, how nations are interacting with each other or it's how people are interacting with each other. I feel that, uh, you know, communication is, is tied to all of those things. And uh, being effective in that, being clear with that, uh, not just in terms of being clear of putting, um, you know, what you want to say out there, but mm-hmm. essentially making sure that the other person has understood it the way that you want or you meant it to be true, um, is true. super important, which is where I feel that people don't put a lot of effort. Uh, people are, are sort of uh, fixed on just putting out what they want to say, but uh, they never really bother or put effort into trying to understand if the other person uh, received it the, the way it was intended. Right. And I feel that, uh, you know, there is some, that is what, you know, people need to start working towards where, because, I mean, what people feel is that a communication is down to um, clarity in language, okay. which is not the case. Right. Communication is not down to simply clarity in language. If, let's say, you speak good English, that does not necessarily mean that you're communicating effectively. Oh, absolutely. Because you don't, you don't know how, how, you know, the other person who you're speaking to is perceiving that or receiving that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you're putting the effort to ensure that that is happening. Um, and, 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 you know, that you guys are on the same page is when I feel, I mean, and in general, like, I mean, I was reading this somewhere that, um, you know, communication is not complete unless the other person has acknowledged and understood it the way that you intended it to. True. Um, and I feel that, you know, that that's where the problem kind of lies, where people just sort of put what they have to say out there without bothering whether the other person completely understood it or not. And, fo- and they're more focused more on, on, on speaking than helping the other person understand. Absolutely. Uh, the Like the product aside, I think even in conversations, you need to be a very good, people focus a lot on the, you know, the speaking part, but I believe, and this is something I've learned from having conversations on the podcast, you need to be a very good listener. When someone is speaking to you, you're already, uh, you know, revising what you will answer to that. 
it's a very bad state to be in because this is something uh because okay uh, rehan if you're speaking to me uh in person i should be very mindful of first what you are speaking second what's your body language and what is something you want to communicate to me even through your body language the non verbal communication part of that right and i think people don't focus on that much people focus only on let, let's say the speaking part of it or the conveying part of it but they don't really put you know think okay how would the other person perceive or receive the message that i have just sent i think that's a huge right. problem the workspaces are facing and i think again kudos to you your product i'm sure will solve this problem uh and but or like the product aside rehan if a person in like you know in if an individual needs to solve this problem let's say without any product what would those skills be or you know because i believe first obviously a person has to be a good listener but is there anything else any other skill that a person should have to make sure that they communicate really well even you know even if no product is involved i think they should start a podcast <laughs> right um, very honestly and you know how i would judge whether the the person or the two people on the podcast are communicating well enough is uh, if the conversation is natural and it has a proper flow because like you said um, you know more often than not if you're not listening okay then you're focusing on what you're going to speak next mm. and in that scenario the the conversation or the flow of the conversation is not natural um, it's 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 broken because you're essentially just focused on answering questions uh, and focused on you know basically you already have a set thing in place and you're just following a script of sort yes uh, which is kind of you know kind it it will it will have its own breaks you will observe that but when you're listening actively you're building on to what the other person is saying and that creates a natural flow um, so i think a good way for someone to observe because i mean you know i mean i said podcast but uh, a good way would be to to sort of somehow try to get either a third person observer to observe you know how the conversations are going or in general i mean you know if if they if they are participants in something like this they can hear it back and see how they were doing at it but i mean communication is is again it's a very soft skill it's a very vague an abstract concept there is mm-hmm. there is no uh, you know there's no uh, to do list that you can follow and check or a checklist that you can follow saying that, that you know that you have to check off saying that if i do these things i'm i'm communicating effectively uh, it's a very it's a very subjective sort of uh, a topic which which changes with the situations that you are in um lo- requires a lot of emotional intelligence and empathy um and like you said great listening skills um and i feel that it's some- only something that comes with time when you are consciously working towards it um so in in a in the most cliched sense i mean it requires um sort of like first an admission that you are not completely good at it mm, true uh, like i said really i mean important. just being clear clear in 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 your language is not good communication um so if you see that you know you are constantly in conflict with people around you um you see that people are misunderstanding you or not understanding you uh, then what probably that kind of indicates as a potential inference is that you are not communicating effectively and then that would require a conscious effort to start understanding that that you know better what exactly is at the bottom of that is it is it that you are not listening before you are speaking or um, something else that going wrong altogether but i i don't think there is a checklist that someone can follow it's something that comes from conscious effort and practice it's, it's one of those things like um, you know it's, it's it's just something that that happens on its own sort of once you consciously start working towards it right rehan uh, i think this, this is going to be the last question but you know if there's another question that comes out of that i'll ask that but what is the most uh, less spoken skill that a founder or a co-founder should have or anyone working in a startup for this for this question i'd say i think you've put me in a spot i i'll answer uh, for myself because okay i'm not in properly in a startup setup but if i were there i think and this is something our generation lacks a lot it's patience being uh you know being into startup you need a lot of patience you need to stay at it people cannot stay at it because 
you know the attention span has decreased and there's a lot of like uh, because obviously internet has made it easier for us to know more and more options and then there's decision fatigue you see other people doing well and then you know you just are tempted to do something else that you know to choose a path that will probably give you instant rewards uh, but i think you know if you are patient if you are consistently staying at it putting efforts putting efforts and i think that's a skill that is not spoken about a lot but is really really important for a person to be in a startup setup i i i completely agree i feel patience and consistency i mean you know the kind of uh, two things that that definitely are are super important and um in my head what comes is probably like you know an appetite for taking risks and uh, failing um i feel that that kind of is is super important as well because uh, sometimes uh, it's not just that uh, you know you need patience for your idea to succeed okay um, you also need to quickly fail and uh, work on something else and move on um so you sh- you need to constantly have that sort of uh, you know risk taking appetite and the ability to take a knock on your chin and get up again and 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 start working on something new um and i feel that that comes with your ability to take this uh, because startups are essentially built on trial and error uh, right. you cannot i mean it's not like you know there's a list of billion dollar ideas out there that you need to start True. working on and then yes. um you know it will slowly become what it is um you will have to keep trying keep failing and then try again and again i feel that uh, you know that that sort of appetite for risk failure and resilience of course um you yeah. know that you yeah. a dash resilience of resilience is important yes. on top <laughs> i feel is it is also super super important Rehan I should ask this I I know I said the last question and this I don't know why this happens to me a lot uh, like I say okay this is going to be last question but then mostly the last answer of the guest tempts me a lot I don't know why uh but I want to ask Rehan so you talked about failures and you know everything is uh, hidden trial you get a knock on your chin and then you start over how has your uh, opinion about or or how is your viewpoint of failures changed over the years because for me i don't right now i think i i don't even call them failures i just call them learnings but then you don't get out of them you don't get any like you know it it's just learnings for me so has it changed for you and how has it changed for you if the answer is yes I mean, I feel like um, I I see it the same way um, okay. as you do, um, and uh, I mean I've been someone who's been very competitive all my life, so failing mm-hmm. is not something that I personally enjoy. To be very honest, uh, even if I do see it as a learning, um, it's not a good feeling ever. Um, you know, any conversation, any interaction that I go into, or any transaction that I'm part of, like I don't mean just financial transaction, but anything that that's happening, any negotiation, okay. I I have this sort of innate uh, requirement within me to come out on top right like dominating uh, the I, conversation transaction but i'm not dominating i would say but uh, ensuring that it's favorable for me okay or for the purpose that i am serving uh, or the organization that i'm serving whatever it is right and um, i feel that uh, like over time i think with with maturity what has come is the perspective that when you do end up failing then yeah i do end up seeing it as as a learning um, but it's not something that i look forward to as such it's not something that i want for myself um but it's something that i've learned to become okay with to see the positive side of as well uh, which is in the form of learning uh, but what i i feel is that uh, failure sort of adds a new layer of motivation and sort of to a certain extent aggression and mm-hmm. assertiveness in me to to sort of go out there again and and prove myself it kind of like you know failure kind of puts you puts me in particular into like a underdog sort of a situation because now um, a lot of people especially like your critics in life um, they look at look at failure as an opportunity to to tell you that you know this is something that we already want you about mm-hmm. so for me when that happens um, it kind of creates this newfound or it brings this newfound energy Uh, my motivation to to come out again and get on yeah. top so i have never seen myself it. yeah i've never seen myself uh, sulk um, after after you know after uh, facing or 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 after coming out let's say on the wrong side of things uh, i kind of 
uh, have been able fortunately with with god's grace been able to like pick myself up again and go at it again uh, or go at something else again to to build my my myself or my confidence uh, but i feel like fortunately like somewhere or the other like these things have kind of worked out uh through college and now i mean let's see how it goes with with the startups but um, i feel like you know i always uh, find somewhere like find like some reserve energy to to to, to go at it again or to find some sort of solution uh, for the problems that we face that's a great approach to be rehan and i know my bets are on the right people and i know you're a full of, you, you have always been full of energy i've seen the kind of vibe the kind of aura that you bring in when you speak let's say in the plenary or anywhere you speak you bring in a lot of energy and again my bets are on the right people so i'm not afraid at all i know you're going to make it big thank you so much for being on the podcast rehan thank you so much for your time i wish you all the luck for bottle for daily wages and uh, peanut purple peanut <laughs> <laughs> uh thanks a lot manik it was an absolute pleasure and it's always great to reconnect with uh, you know someone that um you sort of um, lived similar experiences when we were yes. working in isec um and reconnect and and to obviously you know on the sidelines observe each other uh, you know uh, make or uh, go on our own journey and it, right. it, it, it was a beautiful conversation it it felt very very natural um, yes probably one of the to best podcasts well. that i've been part of i am glad it. that happens right rehan goodbye thank you all right manik bye bye